0: Seconds to go, 24-23 Saints, Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, field and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Steve oh my God, God oh lose. my God, 30 No. K, touchdown! Oh. Are you kidding a me? a miracle finish. It's a Minneapolis miracle! Hey, Step on Diggs!
1: Ridiculous as Tom Brady's, you know, so-called injury has been nothing has been more under the radar than the status of Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen and Vikings safety Andrew Sandejo. But you know what? I don't feel like I have the biggest piece of news on it, so I'm going to bring in a very good friend of mine, and he's Jody Norstad, reporter producer for Midco Sports Network. Jody, tell me what's going on here right now with Adam Thielen and Andrew Sandejo.
0: Well, I mean, it's you know, it's still a couple days out from the game, and, and I don't think there's any real cause for concern. I mean, these guys are one win away from playing in the Super Bowl, so I think they're going to do whatever it takes to get on the field. But, you know, right now, Adam Thielen's listed as questionable, and uh, same with Andrew Sendejo, who has the concussion, also listed as questionable. But I, I think is going to be fine. They both practiced limited uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm sure it'll be the same thing today. But, that, I mean... It's important to keep an eye on throughout the weekend. Adam Thielen is a guy who, you know, caught ninety-one passes this season, uh, went over a thousand yards for the first time in his career, and has really just been uh, a guy that's been so reliable in the passing game and, and one of Case Keenum's favorite targets uh, for sure. I mean, obviously, Stephon Diggs gets all the credit for what happened uh, last week, the Minneapolis miracle, but but Thielen has been uh, just Mr. Reliable, and then Anderson Dale has been. A steady Eddie back there on the back end of the defense with Harrison Smith has really improved uh, throughout the season. He's always one of those guys that Vikings fans are like, I don't like him, but I don't like what we have behind him. So we'll we'll continue to, to root on Andrew Sandejo. But he's been good. And uh, he took a, a shot to the neck, head area from Michael Thomas last week, and it looked really bad. But uh, fingers crossed that Sandejo will be given the opportunity to, to play against Philadelphia on Sunday.
1: We know that Adam Thielen has a lower back injury, and we know that Sandejo is in the concussion protocol right now. Out of the two, which one do you see the one that's going to have the clean bill of health going into Sunday's game?
0: Well, I don't think uh, either one of them is going to be you know, completely 100%. I don't think any football players are, but I would give Thielen the better chance because concussions are always so tricky. You, you know, you have to pass those te- uh, tests and order to play. Uh, Thielen is one of those guys, you know, he's just going to gut it out. It's a lower back injury. He played through it even at the end of uh, last week's game, actually made an outstanding catch uh, late in the game on that final Mm -hmm. drive, even after injuring that lower back. So uh, Thielen will be fine. And I think the rest has probably done him a lot of good this week. Uh, you know, participating in just a limited basis on Thursday and in today's practice as well. So uh, I think he'll be fine. Sandejo's maybe the the more of the question mark, but I I just have a feeling that he'll still play too.
1: Take me back to Sunday, and you have been a rabid Vikings fan. You're probably one of the classiest Viking fans I've ever met. So (laughs) when this all went down here and you saw Stefan Diggs run into the end zone, what was your first reaction? Were you as excited as Paul Allen was on WFAN, or what's Um, the story? Yeah, it was pretty berserk. I mean, I'll
0: even back it up. But just with a few minutes left to go in the game, <laughs> when Florbath makes that field goal, I'm like, okay, great. But I know New Orleans is going to be able to score. So yeah. when New Orleans gets that field goal, and you know, I'm I'm a Vikings fan. I, I'm I've been prepared for this. Uh, in
1: 1998, I cried when Gary Anderson missed the field goal. I laughed. And, and that,
0: yeah, shut it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that broke me, and it, it almost broke me in as a Vikings fan. Like, all right, this is what you have to look forward to for uh, the rest of your life. And then 2009, again, you get your hopes up, Favre farm throws across his body. We know the rest of that story. Uh, so I, that, that was creeping into my mind. It was just more so hey, you know what, it's okay, because 98 happened, 2009 happened, and I'm still going to root for the Vikings year after year. And it's, you know what, I, I just kind of came to terms with, with the fact that they were going to let us down again. I mean, the big halftime lead, and then, okay, here's, you know, back to back to square one. Uh, but just that little bit, you couldn't turn off the TV. You know, you couldn't turn away because, you know, there's just that little bit of hope. And, and then as soon as uh, Diggs catches the ball – I screamed, get out of bounds! And then you know, he keeps his balance, puts his hand down, and starts running to the end zone. And it was just complete pandemonium. Uh, we were at a friend's house, and, and my wife jumped on me and, and actually got a bruise on her leg because her shin hit my knee. And, and we were hugging. And I mean, it was everyone was just a, a bunch of kids out there. And I wish we would have gotten that part on video. I know there is so many great videos <laughs> swirling around of fans, but. Uh, it unbelievable and even even today I watched it again. I watched the play again. I've watched the play I think every day numerous times and I still almost come to tears. Just I, I can't believe that this finally happened in the Vikings favor versus the other way around. And just so many things had to fall into place for that to happen. Uh and it was really one of the best moments in Vikings history. But now you look at it and okay it was just a divisional round game. We have the NFC championship to play and potentially a Super Bowl, so this uh, this week becomes so much more important. And even as a fan, I'm trying to be like the coach, where it's let's press the reset button, and we need to be prepared and put that behind us.
1: He's Jordy Norstad, reporter and producer for Midco Sports Network, and rabid Vikings fan. But like I said, he is the classiest Vikings fan I've ever met. So I was, you, you had me laughing there for a minute. I want you to tell me right now, what would a Super Bowl appearance alone mean to the city of Minneapolis and to you oh man
0: I will not even be able to put it into words that place would be buzzing uh I mean the whole couple weeks leading up to it I mean everyone would just be in Vikings fandomonium you're already seeing it now I mean I'm looking on Twitter and I'm seeing my old middle school in schools around Minnesota getting a bunch of kids together to do the skull chant Uh, and and send those videos to the Vikings in different uh, media (laughs) outlets. And, uh, I mean, just so many people are buying into this team. And I think it's – I mean, it it comes from the head coach. This is a no-nonsense type of group. They play great defense. And they kind of have that underdog story where you have a backup quarterback that's doing Mm -hmm. all this, leading this Vikings team through the playoffs – and he's just a fun-loving guy. And, I've, I mean, I've fallen in love with this guy as our quarterback. Yeah, he makes a lot of bonehead decisions. Uh, but at the same time, he's hes the guy that deserves this opportunity right now with this team. And, uh, and, and you know, give give the offensive coordinator credit, Pat Shermer, uh, because he has been absolutely phenomenal in hailing this Vikings offense this season. When you lose your starting quarterback, you lose your starting running back, and they've been able to do what they've done. But getting back to your question – It would mean a ton just to just to finally get to the Super Bowl, finally watch our team in the Super Bowl and maybe have a chance to line up against, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots or maybe that Jacksonville defense that's been uh, so good this season. So I I would, would be so cool, Jake.
1: Yeah, the last time the Vikings were in the Super Bowl was Super Bowl XI against the Oakland Raiders, lost 32-14. to 14. Uh, Now, let's go into this because the two biggest playoff curse teams are always the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. And look at this. you Both of you right now, both fan bases, are pretty much past the lasers right now. They're about to break the glass and burn that book of curses. How do you stop Philadelphia and that vaulted defense and keeping Nick Foles from getting hot because that's exactly what happened to him against Atlanta after the third quarter. Yeah I mean he, he did play well as the game wore on but uh, this is a
0: Vikings defense that I feel is uh, pretty confident in saying that it's a, better than the Falcons defense uh, and, and the Falcons have a good defense but I just think this Vikings defense is one of the best but uh, we saw what Drew Brees did last week he got hot in the second half the Vikings mm-hmm. I feel like uh, you know, got a little bit softer in their coverage and breeze was really able to pick them apart. Um, so they're going to need to get some pressure and whether that's sending a guy on a blitz, I don't know if Everson Griffin is fully a hundred percent right now uh, battling with some plantar fasciitis. And I don't yep. know
1: how heard about the that field in Philadelphia is going to play into that
0: because we saw last week it was slippery everywhere. I mm-hmm. think They, they resodded the field or, or something to to help, you know, maybe improve the field conditions, uh, this week, and the, the weather might help, too, 40, 50 degrees versus what it was last week. But, um, you know, this, this Eagles defense is no joke, though. I mean, the, they're able to get pressure. They're able to stop the run really well. And the Vikings really need to have a good ground game to kind of get everything else going. Uh, and I think the short passing game is going to be critical. I think Stefan Diggs could have a huge game. Going against Jalen Mills, a guy that's allowed nine touchdowns this season to our yes. receivers. Yes. Uh, so I, I really like that matchup. And, and, you know, you just want Diggs to completely be in the game. You know, he's had a quite the week of answering questions about the miracle play. Uh, you want him to be completely in tune. Uh, and I think you'll notice that right away. Does he drop any passes? Does he, he make any mental errors? Uh, so I think that'll be important for, for Diggs to be on his game, feeling to, to be on his game. And, in that offense, because this Philadelphia defense is is very, very good. Fletcher Cox up front—it's uh, just a, a dangerous group. Uh, but the Vikings have a really good defense too, and and we're talking about two backup quarterbacks, two quarterbacks mm-hmm. that uh, have never really dealt with this kind of expectation before of being one win away from playing for a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, these guys were were on the same roster together uh, with the Rams, and now we're seeing them. Uh, two backups emerge and, and be able to play in this game. And I think, you know, touch back match to your previous question about uh, all the hype surrounding this. Could you imagine if Carson Wentz was still the starting quarterback for the Eagles oh. and it was Carson Wentz versus the Vikings here in
1: Fargo? Fans would be completely torn. I Absolutely. Mean, there are lifelong
0: Vikings fans that have become Eagles fans just because of Carson Wentz and what he's been able to do. So I'm kind of glad that we can avoid that. You know, you don't wish an injury upon anyone, but it kind of worked out for Vikings fans not to have to root against Carson. Uh, but, uh, man, that would be a whole nother can of worms if that had to happened.
1: Now let's jump to uh, from the from the hottest team pretty much in Minnesota to basketball, which we have not said in years right now. But Tom Thibodeau, let's be honest, has revamped this entire Timberwolves franchise. They were the hottest team for a while. They lost two straight in this, though. But how blown away right now is just this fan base as a whole that the Timberwolves are pretty much splitting it right now with the San Antonio Spurs for the number three and number four seed? Yeah, I mean, they're
0: right now, a game and a half back, the Wolves have lost two straights. So that kind of stinks, but it's uh, it was a lousy oh, one magic. to Orlando that Oof. they shouldn't have lost, but they lost no. last night to a, a really good Houston team that just got James Harden back, and uh, Houston has been absolutely on fire this season, so that's not a bad loss by any means. But uh, what Thibs has done with this team, and more importantly, what Jimmy Butler has done with this team, and just oh. to reinforce the fact that you got to play defense, you got to play defense. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it at the beginning of the year, but you're seeing it now. This is a team that's uh, holding teams to 105 points per game, which in the NBA is pretty darn good. I think that ranks about sixth or seventh uh, in the West. So this is a defense that is slowly but surely improved over the course of the season, and uh, it, it's been exciting to see Jimmy Butler just at games where he's taken over. Uh, he's hit so many crucial shots and, and, and just really helped this team uh, kind of rally around that defensive aspect of the game. And, and I think he's raised the level of play for Cat, and I think Andrew Wiggins is, has gotten better. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is where he needs to be. I think he needs to be a level higher in order for this team to have a legitimate shot to, to be a, a contender to go to the Western Conference Finals. But uh, it's certainly been fun to watch the rise. And I've, I've watched more Timberwolves basketball uh, in the last month than I had probably the previous four or five years combined. It's been it's been that entertaining for me as a fan just to kind of hop back into this and enjoy watching Tim Timberwolves basketball.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that I, I'm uh, really happy to hear about. I mean, you know me, I'm a Bulls fan, and uh, watching Thibodeau leave for Minnesota, I was like, I bet you in two years this guy will get them to the playoffs here because he's an amazing coach here, but there was one complaint about him that he runs his players into the ground. Has there been any any aspect of him running his players into the ground right now, or is it just the youth of this roster that has just been such a big impact to Thibodeau's game strategy?
0: Oh, for sure. I think there has been a lot of fans, especially when they're losing. Those, uh, I mean, that talk has gone away as they've rattled off the, mm-hmm. the five straight wins that they had, mm-hmm. but I think when this team was struggling, You know, people are wondering, gosh, he's really running the starters into the ground here. Uh, The advantage that he has with this Timberwolves team is there are a lot of young players that he can do that with. You know, Tosh Gibson, probably the exception in in the starting lineup, not really a young guy anymore. So you might limit his minutes, but he he has young guys where he can do that. Now, is that going to hurt them here? You know, when it comes to the second half of the season, when the Timberwolves really need to make a push and build momentum? Uh, as they go into the playoffs, you know, that remains to be seen. And and I think it is a legitimate concern. But uh, right now, I think just the, the ability that he's had to keep these guys engaged for a full, full game and not have a letdown in the second half, uh, which they really struggled with early in the season, I, I think it's just – it's been a lot of learning on the floor. And these young guys need to play a lot of minutes in order to learn. Maybe he looks at it that way. Uh, I want to work you guys hard, but I want you to be put in every scenario. You know, you're going to get tired in the playoffs when you're playing. You know, really talented teams like the Warriors, the Rockets, in mm-hmm. a seven-game series potentially. Uh, so we need you to be conditioned that way. And uh, so I don't know. It, it's it's one of those questions. It's really legitimate, and, and we'll find out as we approach the you know the final quarter of this season if we start seeing the Timberwolves slipping. Uh, you know might be a case where where Thibs is running them too hard but and you've seen other coaches kind of lay off on that and had success you know Greg Popovich in San Antonio is a great example uh, where they've still had success limiting players minutes so we'll see
1: all right final question here so who do you so how do you think this Vikings Eagles championship will all go down oh man i you know what i was asked this
0: question yesterday and i just i see it being a very Close game for mm-hmm. the first half, mm-hmm. and then I see the Vikings pulling away, man, and I see it being like okay. a, you know, a twenty-four to thirteen game somewhere. Wow. Uh, I just, you know, neither team is going to score a ton of points, but I think the Vikings' offense will be able to to kind of break through and, and hit some big plays, and maybe that's just the Vikings' homer in me, uh, and I want to see it happen <laughs> so bad, and I probably just jinxed them. Uh, but I don't really believe in jinxes because I've been back and forth on a bunch of things where things have went right, things have went wrong. So screw jinxing. Uh, and it's it's just going to be a fun game. I, I just hope the Vikings are able to pull it off and finally, finally get to the game. And, and to be able to have that carrot dangling in front of you, to be able to play in your home stadium mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, if mm-hmm. you win, oh I think goodness. that's going to be a huge motivator for that Minnesota Vikings team to want to get back to that fan base and and uh, see them once again for the first time uh, after that uh,
1: Minneapolis miracle. Well, you're not the only one. Aside from 98 year old Millie, we definitely know <laughs> we definitely know that Roger Goodell wants the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings because that would be probably the best matchup out of them all. Here, uh, Jody Northstadt reporter and producer for Midco Sports Network, also Rabbit Vikings fan. Uh, Jody, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. And uh, next time we talk, maybe we'll be talking some Super Bowl here about the Minnesota Vikings in their fifth Super Bowl. All
0: right. Let's plan for it, man.
1: I hope so. All right. All right. So that was uh, that was Jody Norstad. Great stuff, as always, from him. So now I got Eric Wilson, who is a big Eagles fan and hosts Honar level down in Sarasota. And I got Jody, who took the Vikings in this one. So it's pretty much... Between, but I think the Vikings will win and I think they'll get into the Super Bowl. We're going to take a time out here uh, when you return. I'm going to tell you why the biggest story in sports, no one's talking about it. I don't know why, but it's coming up next year. This is Turning Points on Audio Boom.